nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Welcome back to the Nürburgring. After seven long years, Formula One is back at the Green Hill. Except we're not racing at the big Nordschleife. We are going back to the GP layout. And boy, what a track it is. It may not be the full circuit. It may not be the beautiful Nordschleife with its over 100 corners and all the turn twisty ones. But this one is nothing short of a gem. Welcome back, folks, to Pits to Podium. As always, it is myself, Samuel Arora, here. And what a man I'm joined by. Kunal Shah is here with me. And for those who don't know, Kunal was once a promising racing driver competing internationally. He was the marketing editor of Force India. We've got someone who knows a lot about the sport right here. And Kunal, there's so much to look out for this weekend. We've got a prediction competition. We've got temperatures to look out for. A few young drivers coming onto the scene. Promises to be an amazing weekend, doesn't it? It does. And thanks very much for that introduction, Somil. It's taken me a bit of a surprise, but thank you. It's great to be sharing uh, airtime with you, given your love for motorsport and all, all the commentating duties you do yourself. Thank you. And uh, yes, you know, Nürburgring is back seven years. We've had to wait for it. And, you know, uh, if someone ever asks me what were the positives of the COVID-19 pandemic, I would say Circuits like Nugello, circuits like Nürburgring, making it back to the calendar, however brief their appearance may be. It is a proper gem of a circuit. The first time that Formula One ever came to the circuit, the GP layout, that is, 1984. And, interestingly enough, the first race to be held at the GP layout was a touring car race in Mercedes. Now, all the Formula One drivers of the time were racing in that. And there was one certain young Brazilian driver who goes by the name of Ayrton Senna, who beat Nicky Lauda and Alan Prost clean. Now, this was at a time when Senna was racing for Tolman. This was probably the first inkling that we got of the great driver to expect. But lots of more memories from this circuit as well. We've got Kimi Raikkonen's infamous blowout from 2005. The 1999 European Grand Prix here as well. Quite a few iconic moments. But on the whole, this circuit is a proper driver delight, isn't it, Kunal? Lots of fun corners, lots of tricky sections. I think just like you mentioned, the drivers will be coming out of every single lap and thinking, wow, man, this is properly fun. Unlike what we had the last week, but okay, stuff happens. Let's call it that way. <laughs> you know, I'm going to add to some of those memories you said. I think 2007 was when we had oh, the famous Winklehock yes. moment, you know, which Kevin Magnussen and Roman Groshaw repeated this season. So, you know, a good memory of that as well. But, you know, great circuit, great corners. Uh, Mixed weather, you know, like always, every time we approach the Nürburgring, everyone's talked about the weather. Let's hope the weather gods don't disappoint us, you know. We really are hoping that uh, all five tyre compounds are used this weekend. And I think if that happens, we should be in for some fun this weekend, Samuel. That's, that's the gut feeling that I get. Absolutely. It is a crazy good circuit. We see so many epic corners. 
Turn one, the descending downhill right-hand hairpin. I don't know about you, but I always get my braking wrong for that corner on the simulator. It is properly hard. Now, these drivers haven't really driven at the Nürburgring for quite a while. In fact, only a few drivers on the grid today have proper race experience in a Formula One car here. But, of course, simulations help out with quite a few things and teams will be working on that. But last week, Kunal, when the Nürburgring 24 was around, the weather was extreme. We saw torrential rain. We saw extreme cold. In fact, the race had to be halted and red flagged for quite a while because of the weather. Now... We don't quite expect rain this weekend, but the temperatures are pretty darn low. Yeah, you know, this is the longest or the, the latest in October that, you know, Formula One's gone racing in Europe. It's pretty much uh, end of autumn and, you know, winter's just around the corner. Uh, you know, like we saw during the track walk, you know, drivers were out in gloves already and, you know, they had all the, the heat equipment they needed. But more than anything else, you know, all eyes will be on the tires and how, you know, the teams and drivers are able to sort of get them up to the right operating window because uh, it will, it's going to be the single most, uh, you know, important focus that teams will have come free practice sessions because, you know, they very seldom do we see Formula One cars racing in such uh, cold yeah. weather. And uh, I think you mentioned only a few drivers have, you know, driven here before. Uh, and I, the number is, I think, seven drivers who've driven here in a Formula One car before. Hmm. And several others have probably driven in junior categories. But nobody would have probably raced in such cold conditions. So, you know, we'll be sitting at home, uh, warming uh, our backsides on the, on, on the sofa, watching uh, them race. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be, you know, having uh, a, a good time in, in the cold weather out there. It will be some weekend, won't it? Cold weather, high downforce. I mean, if you come to think of it, it might just be looking like a proper Mercedes steamrolled show again. And then it's also their home weekend. Of course, we have the Mercedes-Benz Arena section. I think we're on turns two to four. That's, I, I hate that section on the simulator. But again, it's quite a fun place to drive on when you're in a Formula One car. So things are looking good. But I had a question about the weather, Kunal. Track temperatures are expected to be properly low. Again, very, very low weather. I think around 3 degrees Celsius to 8 or 9 or max to max 11. So things are going to be hard for all the drivers. Well, how does this, how does this impact the tyre strategies? And does it mean that the undercut or the overcut or something else can work better than the other here this weekend? You know, Pirelli is bringing their medium range compounds, I would say. They're getting uh, C2, C3, C4. So... I'm sure, you know, running C3 and C4 uh, will be probably easier, but C2 may be a little tougher to sort of get into the right operating window. And we might even see drivers doing uh, or needing two laps to warm up their tires before going out for, you know, a hot lap and qualifying. And uh, come race day, again, it's going to be about how cold or how grippy your tires may or may not be once you exit the pits and you're on your out lap. So, it's all, uh, it's, it's all out for the play, I would say, Somil. And uh, we might just thank the weather for bringing in a second, uh, you know, fantastic uh, racing uh, weekend for us, especially after, you know, what we've seen at Sochi just, uh, you know, a fortnight ago. Exactly. Now, I had a question about the top teams, Kunal, because when we went to Silverstone, the high weather, the hot weather rather, I should say, and the curbing was a problem for Mercedes. A couple of seasons ago, if you remember, warming up our tyres for them was the major Achilles heel. It's going to be cold. We saw Red Bull doing a stellar job when the conditions were hot. 
can we see something on the same lines here this weekend? I mean, it's, it's a completely different condition, of course, but still, we saw Mercedes have a few gremlins with tyre warming a few seasons ago, didn't we? Yes, we did. And, you know, frankly, Pirelli have played it a little bit safer, I would say, because these compounds that they are bring, they're bringing, they brought to seven out of the 10 races in 2020. So the teams already have a fair bit of experience and understanding of these tyres. So it you know, it might after all just be that the teams get on top of their tires and, you know, what to expect uh, pretty quickly. And eventually it's just going to be down to, you know, does uh, mixed weather come into play because, you know, rain threatens to come. And like uh, Nityanand, one of our colleagues, uh, you know, on the Pits to Podium show was saying that, you know, every time rain has threatened to come, it has seldom come. So we should probably just start breaking into a rain dance, hoping that, you know, we we have one of those epic races that Nürburgring has always, uh, you know, given us. Absolutely. And before we go ahead, speaking of Nityanand reminded me, He's at the forefront, along with Sundaram, another one of our colleagues here at Pitch the Podium, of our prediction competition. If you're listening right now, pause the podcast, pause the video, whatever it is. We're going to have a 24-hour prediction competition going on. That is from 24 hours before qualifying begins to an hour before it ends, where you can predict the top three uh, winners, I mean, the top three podium finishers, that is the fastest lap and the best of the rest team. You've got to take part. The prizes are huge. We've got more links and more information in the description Trust me, you're going to have a lot of fun. Back to the Nürburgring then, once again. Mercedes are well and truly the dominant team right here. We are seeing them dominate every single race. Bottas has got a win under his belt. This could be a place where he actually turns the odds over Hamilton, but Hamilton has driven here before. That, uh, yeah, you can say it's not a major factor in comparison to what it used to be previously, but still, you kind of get a feeling that when Lewis comes back to circuits like this one, he just is in the zone. He is in the zone, but, uh, you know, here's a statistic which uh, we were digging up that I think uh, just three out of 18 races at Nürburgring have been won from pole position. So if Lewis Hamilton gets pole, I'm sure he'd want to sort of break this statistic, uh, you know, he'd love to hammer this statistic down. (laughs) Uh, When it comes to Botas, I'm, you know, and if he doesn't get pole position, he might just be that, hey, the statistics are are in my favor for Sunday. So maybe this just helps, uh, you know, some of our listeners uh, to to understand what to put uh, for the predictions in our Grand Prix prediction league. Somehow. Exactly. Sadly, Lewis won't be able to have a nice hot sausage before going out in the cold weather because he's vegan, of course. That's personal <laughs> choices, but he won't be able to have that sausage. It's something that you need to have in Germany. It's beautiful. In case we you will see, we will see Botas and his coffee maker reappearance. Yes. Yes. And Valtteri, if you're watching, don't fist bump anyone while you're holding your coffee. Please do not. You could have a dirty race suit. You're in a OCD. will come into perspective. Yeah, lots of things to consider. But coming back to the racing side. Okay. Uh, just before we go ahead, Mercedes have had one of their team members testing positive for the virus. So full strength to them. Hopefully they get well soon. And we have to move down to Red Bull because the big news with them has been that Honda have pulled out. Now, it must be coming for a while. Of course, you won't let your partners down so easily. Honda might have given an intimation to Christian Honor and Helmut Marko quite a few months prior that we're going to leave the sport because it doesn't seem relevant to us anymore. If they hadn't, of course, there would be a big political war and they'd be suing each other and whatnot. But thankfully, it's not that way. So what's next, Kunal? Uh, what's next on an immediate basis at the Nürburgring? 
And does this mean that Honda are going to eke out the support a little bit? Are they just going to go a little bit conservative and not put the efforts needed? Or are they just going to go full blow bang before they pull out of this one? You know, Honda have claimed that they are bringing a completely new power unit to 2021 with the hope that they can win the world title with Red Bull and Max Verstappen and then, you know, bow out on a high. So one would hope that they actually do that because that's good for Formula One. Otherwise, you know, I pretty much see Mercedes and maybe Lewis Hamilton winning their eighth title in 2021. That's the long and short of uh, it. But, you know, having said that, uh, it's understandable given, you know, Honda's corporate uh, objectives have changed in time. Uh, and they've, they've chosen to go a different path. Yes, a lot of people are upset that Honda has sort of always committed and left and committed yeah. and left and so on. But, you know, if that's what suits them, then that's what suits their style. And, you know, we've just got to accept it much like Red Bull would have accepted it uh, several uh, weeks, maybe even months ago. And then see what solution Red Bull actually works on for themselves. And, you know, we've been reading that uh, they're going to try and buy the Honda IP and then work on the power unit themselves and so on. And frankly, it sounds like a very bold move. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like um, that, that move is going to cost them a lot of time, effort and money. And it's not as easy to go building a hybrid turbo power unit as it is to probably build, you know, a naturally aspirated engine uh, that, you know, we've seen used in Formula One before. And let's remember if teams, uh, if works, teams like Renault, Ferrari and Honda have taken so many years to sort of get it right, who's to say that Red Bull may take as long or even longer? And if that happens, then we might just see Red Bull being relegated to the midfield. So lots of considerations out there, Samuel. Just ask Honda. Just ask Honda how hard it is to actually nail down a good power unit. They've still not come up with a championship winning one after so many years of trying. So it's not easy by any means whatsoever. But it raises a question in my mind about Max Verstappen. It's been a long time since Verstappen has made his debut in the sport. It's been a long time since he actually won his first race. I think by this point, everyone does consider him a major championship contender. I'll be honest... No disrespect to Honda. I don't think 2021 is going to be their year. Mercedes are still on the rise and the gap is too big to close up with the power unit even in one year. So, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Then Red Bull have to start afresh for 22. Who knows how long it'll take? Maybe 23, maybe 24. That raises a big, big doubt in my mind about Max Verstappen, which I think is going to be a big half an hour discussion on its own for some other day. <laughs> let's, let's leave that aside. Let's actually come back down to the midfield where... There are two new exciting drivers on the horizon. And this is something that gets me just about as excited as the circuit itself. One of them is a Schumacher. Now, that's been raised in the headlines. But don't forget the other driver too. Callum Eilot being promoted into Formula 1. Not, by, not for driving for a team full-time. That could happen next year. But he's going to be driving an FP1 for Haas. That sounds like good stuff, right? So this is the kind of news that makes you feel good at the end of the day. It does. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, weekend because we're going to have two new drivers make their debut in Formula 1, in FP1. And then, uh, of course, you know, Michael, uh, Mick Schumacher at the German Grand Prix with a Sauber. All of these things will always make news. Even more so, he's going to drive through the Schumacher curve in Sector yes. 2 and, and the likes. But it's also going to be a Grand Prix weekend where Kimi Raikkonen is going to end up having his 323rd Formula 1 start. So, while people are going to make their debut, wow. Raikkonen is going to go and increase the, the record 
uh, by at least one more race come uh, this weekend. Ah, it's just a hobby for him. He doesn't really care much about it. But no, 323 is a jaw-dropping number. He's overtaken Rubens Barrichello. When you come to think of it, Rubens Barrichello has been around in the sport for quite a while. Hats off to Kimi, but I don't think he's going to care that much because Kimi, why not in the end? But on the bigger picture, while we see debuts coming in, while we see Kimi Raikkonen breaking records, there's going to be a lot to play for in terms of the midfield battles. Now, Nürburgring, in case you're new to Formula 1, in case you haven't seen much of the track, and you're welcome to search more about it, it's a proper gym. It's mostly a mid-to-high downforce kind of track. You've got quite a few fun ones. I think in the first sector, you need that downforce for the especially slow arena section. Then in the middle sector, you need that fast-paced thing. So you need a lot more downforce for that too. Essentially, from the way things are going, I don't think it's going to be a good weekend for Renault. But that said, one man's loss is another man's gain. And Racing Point and McLaren could be in for a big weekend here. Yes, I'm, I would put my money on Racing Point for a really big weekend. I would, in fact, even put my money on Checo Perez. He's finally getting the upgraded RP20. Okay, And uh, like we all know... After Lewis Hamilton, he's been the only driver to have scored points in all the races he's competed in in 2020. So, you know, and he's out to prove a point. He's still advertising his services. Not that they need adver- any advertisement, but he's still advertising them for 2021. So he's, of course, going to want to keep proving a point that he's still the better driver than Lance, which probably everyone, no, no one needs to keep proving, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Lance has had two DNFs, you know, back to back. So he'd want to sort of showcase his potential. But I also feel Renault have suddenly found something in their package that they've unlocked where we might just still see them, you know, in the fight for things. Because Daniel Ricciardo has had, I think, four top six finishes, you know, which is fantastic uh, for Renault, fantastic for uh, Daniel. And then you mentioned uh, McLaren, you know, they had their first non-scoring points, uh, non-scoring race at Sochi. So they would want to get back into the points. And then, Samuel, there's one more team we should add in the midfield, and that's Ferrari. And actually, yeah. believe it or not, Ferrari are on a, you know, a, on a race result, uh, their two best race results on the trot. So, you know, given how 2020 is going, I'm pretty excited to see what the midfield is going to be like. It's, it's hard not to crack up at this. I don't know, because it's just something with the name Ferrari that's synonymous with winning. And by 2020 standards, they are doing quite a decent job in the last couple of races. But I just can't help be either too sad or too laughed up or to be too... Or to take this in a more funny way, I think that's, that's the way to put it forward. But I don't know. I'm not really... Let's see, let's see what happens with them. Sebastian Vettel looks rejuvenated. If you've heard the recent Beyond the Grid podcast, which is a gem, mind you, uh, you would know that he feels still just about as fresh. Sadly, things are not going his way, but let's hope for the best at his home race at the Eiffel Grand Prix this time out. I'm, I'm just desperately hoping for Vettel to come back for, with a bang this time out because it's, it's such a heartwarming character. And coming back to home Germany for another for race. As well. Exactly, home race for him as well. It's just desperately hope for the best for him. But what are your thoughts on Alfa Tauri this time, Kunal? They, they've been on a roller coaster of sorts. We saw them see, have a lot of pace in the mid part of the season say around Silverstone, Spain, Italy, and then at Mugello, it all just went away. It did. And then, you know, Danny Kivat, of course, got uh, really good points for himself at Russia. I still expect them to be slightly or just outside of the points uh, this weekend. 
but again who who knows you know they 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 have like you said a roller coaster ride and if they experience one of those highs that they've had with pierre gasly uh, you never know if he takes a couple of points uh, away this weekend as well absolutely should be quite a fun thing but kunal if you just had to pick out one one major tip for our prediction combination for all our viewers what would that be and after that of course i have to ask you what's your favorite thing about the circuit okay so i'm going to firstly go with my favorite thing about the circuit which we are going to hear all the drivers really rave about which is the turns 8 and 9 okay yes. now usually they've been high speed corners you know on the circuit or one of the only high speed corners section but they are uh, predicting that it's going to be flat out in this uh you know in this modern era of formula 1 cars so i'm pretty excited to see how it looks because we all saw how beautiful it looked in mugello when cars yeah. were literally just flowing through the corners and you know one more race where we get to see that because you know it's one of those old school circuits we are going back to but coming to predictions you know i'm hoping valtteri bottas gets a win on merit uh, this weekend you know if he qualifies in p2 the statistics are in his favor to try and go score a win i would say And what about the best of the rest team? Racing Point we mentioned they have a big shot but it isn't all over with McLaren is it? It isn't you know maybe this is where my heart speaks before the head but I would probably pick Racing Point and Checo Perez to sort of get the the best of the rest Samuel. And at last what about the fastest lap? Cold conditions it's going to be greasy perhaps over there. Who's going to get the edge? Who who do you back? to get the big one and and on the fastest lap has been the most unpredictable one so far in the prediction yeah, competition I, i think it's going to be the mercedes driver who's either second or the driver who finishes third somil so it yeah. could be max verstappen or maybe even checo perez if he's able to get into third but you know before we have to go off you need to share your predictions as well ah now that's a tricky one I've always been pretty standard at this. Call me a bit of a dull person, but I've always had the same prediction, which I'm going to keep on continuing. It's going to be Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. <laughs> the fastest lap has to go to Max Verstappen because I don't think Bottas will be that far off so that he gets a free pit stop. So I think Verstappen is going to get free rubber, or if not him, perhaps just Alex Albon because why not? <laughs> and and the best of the rest team, I think I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to go for Racing Point and Checo Perez this time out, but. should be a fun weekend all around i can't wait to see how things go i think the first time for many 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 weeks that i'm genuinely upbeat for a formula 1 weekend so can't wait to see how that plays out but don't forget to play the prediction competition folks we hope you enjoyed this particular one if you did thank you so much for stopping by thank you so much for watching don't forget to leave a like to share this video with your fellow formula 1 enthusiasts and to subscribe to pitch the podium and to the inside line formula 1 podcast Once again Kunal thank you so much for being a part and we shall see all of you on Sunday Likewise Samuel thanks for uh, joining me on the show one more time and see you guys let's hope for a fantastic formula 1 weekend Absolutely bye bye
Wendy's Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator. Stacked with a fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be Baconating. We got you. Offer available at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required.